I was always afraid of being the messy woman. And what it produced is I couldn't let myself be soft. And what I have learned is uh, it's okay to be soft and it's okay to be messy. I'm still learning how to be messy because I'm pretty controlled. Uh, and I dislike people who are messy. I've typically very much so dislike people who are messy. And I'm speaking of not physical messy, but emotionally messy. Oh, I'm okay. Um, especially. Uh, I was worried. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's why she doesn't I don't actually like me. know. <laughs> <laughs> I can be a little messy at times physically, but clean but messy. Only while you're cooking. Welcome to The Jealous Vegan, a podcast about healthy eating, habit change, and the hurdles we all need help overcoming. I'm Jennifer Hunley, co-founder of The Jealous Vegan, also known as The Voice. Today we are joined by April Cunningham, confidence coach, co-founder of The Jealous Vegan, also known as The Influencer. Jendai Jackson, owner of Jendai Asha Creative, also known as The Entrepreneur. Lisa Carter, founder of Kinetic Fitness, also known as The Balancer. Lawrence Rassaw, The Weekend Chef, also known as The Artisan. Well, I guess we all could agree that 2020 has been quite the year for everyone. And as we're approaching halfway through the year, we wanted to just talk a little bit about what we have learned in this time when we have been forced to maybe stretch ourselves and do some things differently. So I'll go for myself. One thing that I feel like I really learned about myself in 2020 was my ability to adapt. It's a thing that I didn't necessarily think so much about. But in, of course, 2020, there was a lot of adapting that had to happen uh, this year. And I think for me, the other part of it was that my husband and I, we went to go visit his family in Cameroon in February, kind of right at the start of COVID and all of those things. And that was like such a crazy experience for me that I didn't realize actually until maybe a week or two ago how I had been kind of in this mode since then and travel to a new place, meet all this family. You're learning new foods, new cultures, new stuff. You come home. Oh, wait, COVID. Oh, wait, you're not working. Oh, wait, you reshuffle. Wait, everything's on Zoom. And I just I realized that um, throughout this time, I have just now gotten to a place where things really feel like they're starting to settle in and like the new normal <laughs> is really happening for me. And I realized how much adapting I had to do this year, but that I always do. But this year, it felt like a lot in a very small period of time. And I realized I'm kind of good at it. <laughs> kind of good at it. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask if you if you met in that period from like February to like mid-July, you felt like you've been in suspended animation or but you saying you feel good about the fact that you've been able to adapt without much difficulty? I think both. You know how people always say they need a vacation from their vacation when they come back and like even more so when you visit family or in-laws or anything like that. And I never had that. I hopped back into the swing of what I thought was life. And then literally two weeks later, it was COVID and everything was shut down. And now I was forced into another realm of suspension. <laughs> and I feel like for me, also because I wasn't working during that time, 
the whole quarantine COVID thing was just, it was a period of suspension for me altogether because I was waiting to go back to work and I was waiting for what the mayor was going to say. And every Monday I'm watching the TV and are we going back and what's the new protocols? It was a time of elevated suspension. And looking back at it, I realized how well I was able to adapt, which I didn't realize was necessarily happening at the time. This uh, topic is super relevant, um, audience. The reason, part of the reason we wanted to pick it up is because, to Lisa's point, we had to adapt. 2020 has been lit and not in the ways that we expected it to be. And this podcast, as you know, is all about habit change, how we adapt, how we grow, how what keeps us stuck, and how to um, overcome those those points of uh, impediments. For myself, I will say that uh, I've learned that uncertainty is clarifying because when you don't know what's happening next, you get really clear. I got really clear about what was important to me. And I happened to fall in love in 2020, (laughs) right before the epidemic, uh, the pandemic, sorry. And, uh, got really clarifying, clarified what, what was really important. And also I learned that if you are trying to launch a business or grow a business online, COVID really helped clarify that, how to do it, gave you tools, gives you access, everybody's online. So if you are trying to grow something, you can say, no, nah, this isn't the right time. We're in the midst of a pandemic. Or you can say, you know what, this is the perfect opportunity to do something new and to rethink how I might grow about launching a creative endeavor or an executive endeavor that is really important to you. And I think that's the other part. Clarity comes up because if you, I felt like, yes, the super relevant and the time is now because I don't know what's around this bend. So clarity and, and also opportunity, seeing the opportunity in a pandemic, seeing the opportunity in, in, potential tragedy and the uncertainty just really helped to help me to, to grow in a, in an accelerated way that I probably wouldn't have before. I feel the same. I feel the same. My, mine is related to the fact that I don't hate cooking the way that I thought that I did, but I think that's coming um, as a result of what April, you said about clarity or having space and opportunity, right? I mean, I I felt really rushed pre-quarantine just in my daily life and my daily habits. So as it relates to cooking, I ate to survive, right? And then now at that time, cooking felt more like a duty to me than a choice. And I don't think that I necessarily have more time now because I'm, I'm still working I'm still, you know, like you said, taking advantage of the opportunity to grow my business online. But cooking has become like something like a a creative outlet or it's just like a a clear space to me now, which is which is nice, because I think I even remember saying in a previous podcast that I, you know, I don't it's not my thing. Like, I just I just need to eat something. That's it. That's all I care about. I need to eat something. But now it's just like. Oh, this is this is interesting. This is fun. I enjoy watching cooking contests and shows on Netflix and Hulu and wherever I can find them, which inspires me to try new recipes. So it's turning into a fun thing for me, not necessarily something about um, that's specific to nourishment, you know, and just feeding myself, but more about exploring and, you know, 
dancing while I'm cooking. And, you know, I don't know. It feels it feels different and I like it. I'm so happy you brought that up, Jendi, because you and I both are like cooking. We've talked about it on the scene. Like, it was just like, eh, cooking is a task to overcome. Right. I feel the same since having to slow down. That slowing down is key. I mean, people talk about all the time with self-care. Slow down, get present. And I was just like, you know what? That's cliche <laughs> at this point. But no, I'm seeing it. Like, you know what? I'm, I got my boy. Y'all, y'all would be proud of me since we talked about this in a couple episodes back about me and becoming the primary cook now and newly married. And I actually have a schedule for, hey, here's what we're preparing. Here's when I'm, gro- I'm grocery shopping this day. Here's all the things. And slowing down, I agree with you, has made a huge deal of like, okay, it's not that bad. It won't kill me. <laughs> I might even enjoy it if I have some wine with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember you saying something about like your pantry now, or like you have all the, the necessary stuff in your pantry. Like Jundi, man, <laughs> I have fresh basil growing in my kitchen. Yes. My sister was over there. Yes. Lisa came over to my house and she was like, and I, I looked at her, I was like, who am I right now? She's like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> she running around in the suburbs <laughs> with her shoes off. I don't know what's happening. Oh, that sounds delightful. And I, like you, I was not that way. And I was given some fresh basil the other day. And I, I figured out that I don't know how to, how to store it because it, it started to mold. And now I'm like, okay, yeah. now I need to research how to store fresh basil. And okay, now I'm going to, you know, use my windowsill to grow herbs and like, what? What? What is happening? Right. What is yeah. happening? Right. <laughs> They've been drinking the Kool-Aid, Lawrence. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, because Lawrence Slow has down. a whole garden in yeah. his day. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I do. I Everything. do. And actually, that's a really good segue for me. Um, for myself, uh, I have really appreciated being alone. Uh, not lonely, but being alone in a space and similar to what everyone else has said and just, you know, thought about family, friends and just what's important to me. Again, I have a garden, as everyone knows, I'll probably post something now that you guys have alluded to it. Um, but I enjoy being out on my it's only a balcony. It's a balcony garden, but it brings me peace and um, it, it gives me something to look forward to. Um, in addition to that, uh, I, I don't I don't really watch TV. I have a TV, but I, I don't have cable. Um, so I have really sort of been centered on reading more, reflecting more, saving more money. I'm not spending a lot of money um, because I'm not I'm not going to work. I'm working from home and I'm not buying clothes. Um, you know, I, I like to shop. So. Just just being at home and just enjoying my home and just working on projects that I haven't been able to work on for a while, cleaning and organizing um, and all those things is just really just being appreciative of where I am um, with with my my creator and um, just where I am at, at my stage in life and just really preparing for the future uh, in, in many different ways, spiritually financially. I hope to buy a home soon. So um, all those things are just have been just brewing. And I've had time, as you all have mentioned, just to just be centered and just think about things instead of just being so focused on, okay, I got to get to work. I got to work on this project at work. I got to get home. I got to get to my my volunteer work. I have to get to this. But now I'm able to kind of plan and just 
think about a larger scope of things. So I've been really appreciative of that um, for me. I think we talked about this, not in the podcast, but just like as a team before that, the, the slowing down part of it has been like so good for everybody. We didn't realize how like lightning fast we were going right until we were forced to slow down. I was thinking when April said that she said 2020 was lit. I was thinking, yeah, like a forest fire. That's how it was lit. <laughs> not, not in a good way. But I was thinking, like, even when you have people, it, people will always tell you after they've been through, like, kind of a traumatic event, they always see things differently and they never come out of the other side the same. And so 2020 has been, like, pretty dramatic uh, for for most of us. Traumatic, dramatic, all of the matics. Um, and I think we're all going to come out of the other side, you know, different and, and in a good way. I think about even for myself, the way that I even just work my work schedule and how much I was, you know, going in in the morning and working until really late and like seeing a bunch of clients is like I'm never going back to that. That was exhausting. I don't know how I ever did it before. To speak to Lawrence's point, I think to have that time of deprivation um, has been, I think, good for everybody to really focus in on on what's important reshuffle can i hop in here real fast before jen goes and that I, I think one thing that i've heard from different people in my life and and clients and i'm coaching and other people i'm working with and talking to and connecting with and i'm, I'm realizing how two more things get added and that is how connection is the new currency and the lens people will go to now to connect and uh, Zoom. What is that? Yeah, but it's one of the only ways we got, you know, um, and connection is is the new currency. And I also realize how we may not have realized how strongly, to Lisa's point, adaptive we are. But there's a, something else here for me that we survived. Like we figured out how to survive. We had to go into our homes and close the door, so to speak. We had to figure out how to get meals. We had to figure out how to take care of our loved ones. We had to figure out how to, you know, manage elderly people and work and and the people, and I mean that to say elderly people we care about, we now we have to minimize contact with them and yet figure out how to help them. And I speak for myself with my Nana, like we had to figure it out and we did. And we're not through it, of course, but the idea being that it felt like, we never had time to do add anything new. And yet when we slowed down, we got really clear. Actually, we got all the time we need if we reprioritize what's important. Um, so I, so the, the, the human capacity for a survival never ceases to amaze me that we, we think we can't, but we're always capable of figuring it out. Yeah, if there's a will, there's a way. It's kind of cliche, but I agree with you 100%, April. It's just for myself, uh, my mother, my father passed away uh, years ago. And so it's just my mother. And where you spoke about just connecting with your grandmother, same thing, uh, just connecting with family. I, I didn't connect as often as I did, but now it's just like, I'm, I'm not that I didn't look forward to speaking to my mother, but there's something different about just knowing where we are with this pandemic and just knowing she's there by herself. And like you were saying about your Nana, her having limited interaction, even with other people, her friends, of course, I'm speaking of my mother as well, her friends. I'm just, it's like, I, I know that I have to do more. And so I have been more present 
um, with her. And, you know, we talk multiple times of the day as as before we would spoke, maybe speak every other day. Uh, but now we speak, we text and um, I feel like our relationship is better. My mother and I now. So um, I've noticed that as well. So when you mentioned that, I thought about my mother. Do you think you take people that you were unintentionally taking people for granted before? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I always had sort of a reason not to uh, connect. Oh, I'm busy. I'm at work. Oh, I'm I mean, I'm still busy. I'm still at work, but it's different now. And so that was, I guess, an unintentioned scapegoat where I knew that I had other important things. I wouldn't say that I didn't prioritize them, but maybe I didn't. I didn't prioritize them. But now it's different now. It's different now. I absolutely would say I would have been like, yo, mm, yeah, no. Who's that on my phone? Who's texting me? Who's calling me? Yeah. Mm, calling exactly. Me mm. Exactly. People but I now see you every week the- that I'm like, yeah, no, not you, boo. Not today. Right. <laughs> and then I'm like, you know what? No, I need to take your call. Exactly. Yeah. I remember reading an article about how there's like a, a national sense of mourning that even if we haven't lost someone directly, the opportunity for us to lose someone seems higher than in normal times. And we don't know the next time we're going to see someone or the next time we're going to be able to hug them or next time we're going to have a meal with them. And so taking a moment to just realize how important people are and then giving them prominence in your life so that they recognize that they're important to you, I think is a, as a positive effect of, of what's happened with uh, the last six months. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And, and and get real creative about how to see your peeps when you're like socially distanced. How can I do it with masks, without masks? Let's stand outside. Let's stand in the garage. Let's <laughs> like, how can I see you? I can't kiss you. I can't hug you. Can't. Well, how can I see you like in real life? How can I do it and, and still like observe law mm-hmm. <laughs> and keep everybody safe? I feel like you guys are all like the people on Instagram posting through the last two weeks of March and the first two weeks of April. Like, I'm baking bread. I reorganized all my closets. I'm living my best life. (laughs) And I'm looking at them like, who are you? What are you talking about? This is this is not at all my best life because my thing is not nearly as aspirational as the four of you. Oh, let's hear yeah. your thing. Let's hear it. I know, let's right? Hear it. Yeah. That's so, a great intro. <laughs> <laughs> just wound us up, right? So the first is, and maybe it's just because I'm always looking, when I look back at my life over any period of time, yes, there's opportunity to to reflect on what's been good. And I think that everybody's done a great job of that. You've talked about how you've recognized your ability to adapt and to be clear about what your priorities are and to find pleasure and joy in something that you used to not enjoy. But for me, what I've recognized is that I am not, that my systems and the way of of doing things is more externally motivated than I recognize. And so I've spent all of my life, I won't say how many years, taking great joy and how well organized my home is and how clean I keep things and that I can put something in my hands in seconds of, of needing it. I know exactly where to go for it. And I've always wanted to have a house where people could come by and not have to, and not be embarrassed about how my house looks. And so before I would walk out the door, I would always take that extra moment to just look around the space and say, if somebody came back with me, would I be feel good about the house that we're walking into? And so I've lived a very tidy life as a result. But I realized probably like a month and a half into 
to quarantine that I really didn't care as much as I thought I did. Because there's no threat of someone popping by and no one's gonna come home with me unannounced. And so I don't have to be as tidy as I had been. And I guess I realized that I didn't really even enjoy it as much as I thought I did. That my motivation was about how I would appear to someone else, not about, oh, I just like everything to be perfect. Now, don't get me wrong, I am still very, like, things should line up and look a certain way, but I just found that I wouldn't clear away clutter as soon as it came in the house. It, I'd let it sit for a day or two. Or if I got a delivery, I wouldn't unbox it and put everything away right away, which I typically would do. Um, and even my kitchen, like, I would leave dishes for two nights sometimes and not feel like, oh, I've got to get to that right away, which I don't think is a positive thing, though I guess in terms of just being more at peace and not stressed, there is some benefit to that. I'm kind of disappointed in myself that my motivation is about how someone else sees me as opposed to how I see me. Uh, can I just take a moment though and give you the pose yeah. clap on that level yeah. of insight mm-hmm. about yourself? Because I think that that is deeply, that's that the kind of awareness. Pretty deep. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And you're going to carry that with you for the rest of your life like that. I feel like that's a priceless insight. And thank you for being willing to share that vulnerably. You know, a lot of people can't say that, wouldn't be able to say it out loud. Certainly not to a world full of people they may not ever know um, that, hey, I don't like this about myself, but I like that you're neat. Yeah, I do too. I love it. <laughs> but I'm also now curious. You open up curiosity for me, like, who is this new Jen? Yeah, who's like that's... a little bit more relaxed in her rules, so to speak, about what she's willing to tolerate in her space because she doesn't care what other people think as much. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's it, though. Go ahead. I'm curious, too. Like, what, what does this look like now? Or, or like, what changes? Look, yeah. If going forward, what, what, how is this going to impact your your life and and what is your home going to look like if someone pops up probably exactly how it's always looked (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say i don't think that's gonna change once the pressure of somebody might come over returns i think my brain will automatically go back to that same way of thinking of things but what it did emphasize for me is why certain habits are difficult for me to adopt because unless i have some sort of external motivation I'm just not that inclined to do it, right? Like like getting dressed, doing my hair, taking care of myself in certain ways that I just thought, no, no, that's how I always, that's how I am. That's the kind of person I am. And now I'm like, mm, maybe I'm not. Or even um, now that it's like socially acceptable to show up to work in a t-shirt, like I don't necessarily get dressed just because I'm turning my camera on for work. I'll just have on a T-shirt and I'll even say, didn't do my hair today, guys. And (laughs) it is what it is. But then there are other days where I will be dressed and I'll have on makeup, the little bit of makeup that I will wear. And I'll have on a dress and I'll be sitting here doing conducting a meeting. And other people are like, oh, I didn't know I was supposed to dress up. And I realize, like, we do so much about what we think the other person's going to do as opposed to just what we're going to do, at least my personality type is a turbulent, according to the Myers-Briggs thing. And that's the thing that I want to change. I, I want I want to do things because I want to do them, not because of how I think somebody else wants me to do them, if that makes sense. And you know, the, the sweet spot about where you are is that you do recognize something in yourself that now you can consciously make decisions around that. Like, okay, I'm doing this thing. Even when you see yourself winding up, I'm winding up, I'm doing all, but why you can take that minute and say, 
why am I doing this? And do I want to continue to do this or do I want to just like let this go back? And I think that's a huge part of growth. Just period is recognizing when you're doing things and why and being able to to consciously make that shift. So I think that I think it's a good thing. You said you started off by saying, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I think it's a great thing because I think it's it's the starting point of where now you'll get to choose. You're going to go left. You're going to go right. And you're going to know exactly why. It's, you know, you're not circling the block. You're like, no, I, I know exactly why, you know, I'm I'm doing one thing or the other. I applaud you, Jen. I agree with Lisa. I think that's a great thing. I, one thing I, I I coach people on, the first step to changing any outcome is to be aware. Be aware of your stuff. Be aware of what you're feeling. Be aware of who you are. Be aware of what's happening in your environment. Get really conscious and aware, and only then can you change, can you notice what you believe, which is step number two. Notice what you believe about yourself, about your environment, about what people are going to think about you. And then you can take some really conscious action um, and choose some, some, some different, make some different choices. So I think, yeah, second what Lisa said, 100%, applaud you for being aware. Now, to piggyback on that, I was going to say the thing about awareness too is like, Aware with no shame. Like there's, you know, because we all have things in our personality. Like we had the episode with Alice Quist where we talked about how much our parents and our upbringing and everything imprints on us. So there, you, there's so many reasons why you carry things into your adulthood that you don't even realize you're carrying from like wherever. And I think sometimes when we do notice these things about ourselves, the initial thing is to feel bad about it or to feel shame about it or to, you know, oh, I don't like that. But it's just it's a part of your story up until now. And you can rewrite the next chapter or you can keep it the same. But there's no shame in that, you know, and there's there's no there shouldn't be these. And I say shouldn't be, although I know that that's harder in theory. Right. To not have the the shame or whatever around it, but embrace it, you know, and just. It's part of it. It got you here. <laughs> it's been serving you up until now. Maybe it doesn't serve you moving forward, but that is what it is. You know, I think it makes you very human. Yes. yes. Very, very human. Yes. yes. I mean, Absolutely. like, I, I sorry. I, I like a clean to house, too. I like <laughs> I like things tidy enough, but I'm 100 percent the person who will run through my house real quick when I know somebody is coming over. And I feel like that's common for a lot of us. So to hear that you're joining the ranks. <laughs> <laughs> you're joining the ranks. You know, it's a good thing for me. I know you said it's not necessarily a good thing for you. But it's like, yes, come over. Come over to the other side. Yes. Run around the house. You. The water's you know. good. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I thought of something also, Jen, so you're not alone in the vulnerability. Uh, and Jendi, you posted something about vulnerability on Instagram that I was like, huh, that was super bold. I was just like feeling it for you. I was having a vulnerability hangover for you, but also super proud of you. Um, I was thinking myself, the vulnerable thing for me to say, I learned uh, this year and as a result of COVID and as a result of falling in love after heartbreak and a lot of adaptation and stuff happening is um, I've always been... Uh, that person that had to be very controlled. I was always afraid of being the messy woman. And um, what it produced is I couldn't let myself be soft. And what I have learned is uh, it's okay to be soft and it's okay to be messy. I'm still learning how to be messy because I'm pretty controlled. 
and I dislike people who are messy. I've typically very much so dislike people who are messy. And I'm speaking of not physical messy, but emotionally messy. Oh, I'm okay. Um, especially, then. Uh, I was worried. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's why she doesn't I don't actually like me. Know. <laughs> I can be a little messy at times physically, but clean, but messy. Only but. why only why you're cooking. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Why yeah I'm cooking. sorry. I didn't mean to break your, your, your thought. No, there. no, it's totally good. No, I, I just, I just, it. what you said, Jen, made me feel courageous to say and to share that in case anybody else is listening, that it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to notice these things about yourself and to even notice things that you maybe want to change. I don't know the full impact of what it was for me to always have to be so controlled and really be in resistance to people who I felt like you're messy. I don't want that in my space, but to recognize that, you know what, it's okay to be messy. And actually I was resisting what I didn't want to be in other people. And in so doing, in so doing though, resisting myself, and I just call it out in case anyone is listening in the audience. If that's if you know something you're resisting, something you are afraid to be, know that it's okay to uh, to be aware of what it is and to choose if that's a place you want to play for growth. I think nobody's going to come out of uh, 2020 the same as they went in. And I think that's a really good thing for, for everybody. Agree. Um, so... Mm-hmm. For sure, embrace it. Embrace all the things that have been and are and will be. And I'm looking forward to it. Like, even just with you guys. Yeah, even just with you guys. I feel like uh, I can see the changes in you guys' personalities and the different things. And I'm like, oh, this is all right. It's like I got new friends. Wait, what just happened? What <laughs> <laughs> post-COVID friends going to be? I don't know. I knew who we went in, but <laughs> I don't know who you guys are coming out. Uh, but it's we good. People, new people. We, we growed up new good. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard today, please take two minutes and leave us a review in your favorite podcast app. And in the meantime, don't let perfection be the enemy of progress.